Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. Uh, hey. So sometimes Christmas spirit gets upon us and we think it's something that it's not, right? And we do a lot of work, and the more we try and make it more like Christmas, the more chaotic life becomes, right? You guys have never done that, right? You've got to buy just the right gift, you've got to do just the right thing, and the more you try and make that happen, the more chaos you create, right? Get out of the Bible. I want you to put a finger in John 1. I want you to keep your finger, I want you to keep you ready to go back to Genesis 1. We're gonna make it, we're gonna make a trail through the scriptures kind of today. And I want you to think about uh, what Christmas is 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 really about. And what about the one that started a series they called the Spirit of Christmas? And here's the thing: that that clip uh, kind of resonates with me because I love the Christmas lights of Christmas. Anybody else with me? Some of our annual stuff we do at Christmas time is we make a, a, a usual and extended family in some capacity or another trip to Columbus Zoo for the zoo lights. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the lights show around the pond and anything in and out of there and we just enjoy a ride up and we stop at some restaurant and drink hot chocolate or something on the way home and we just make a day of it. And just another thing we do, usually our, our, our small nuclear family, well kind of small, sort of, sort of, sort of small, smaller nuclear family, um, we, we spend an evening driving around Chillicothe. And we'll hit all the places, and we'll, we'll, we'll stop and get hot chocolate, and we'll sing songs together of Christmas. We'll listen to some Christmas mix on the radio or something like that. One of my fondest memories was one time we, when, when, when Caleb was about four-ish, three or four, maybe he, was, maybe he was smaller than that, I don't remember. We pull into this one really nice neighborhood, and there's this immaculately decorated house with all these lights. And from the back seat, you heard this. Ooh, la light. And, and so we've always given a hard time about that because it's just really special. And we, we feel like that's really cool for those lights to be to, to lighten up the darkness, right? Suddenly the whole world seems to be echoing uh, the, the, the joy and hope that only Jesus provides. And, 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 and man, I, I think, man, it's really cool. But you know what I think? I think many times we lose sight of the fact that, that, that part of the, the message of Christmas is God's light in the darkness. That He shined His light into it. And that He intended to get something accomplished. That He, he would take chaos and He'd create good out of it. And we forget that. And we get caught up with all the stuff and, 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 and it, it seems like the darkness just grows darker and darker as we approach the celebration. And the chaos gets greater and greater. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like some of you right now have already, since, since Thanksgiving came and went, and you were probably waiting in line on Thanksgiving evening for, to buy something, and you're already thinking about, oh my gosh, the next month. And already you're like, <gasps> you're wore out just thinking about it. And you're missing the point of the point. And you wonder what's going on. And some of you are, are, are even, some of us today are, are even in more chaos because life's just different now. The job changed, the family changed, something went goofy, something went crazy, and all of a sudden the darkness and the chaos just seems more, more amplified, right? Anybody with me on that? You know what? I want to give you some insight about this. When life is empty 
when it's chaotic, when it's dark, we need God's Spirit to breathe life and light into us. This is not the time we should be scaling back from taking in His breath. This should be the moment where we're, we're increasing our, our supply of that, that we're making a difference, that we are engaging Him on purpose. Because here's the thing, when we lose sight of a, of a growing connection to God, we remain in darkness and chaos. But... When we live in deep connection to Him through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, that light fills our lives, fills our darkness, and sense is made out of our chaos. How many of you have walked through some chaos lately? Some of you this year has dealt you a bag of car or a deck of cards that you just didn't even want to think about, right? Some of you, the more you try and straighten out what's dark, what we're moping around in, the darker it seems like it gets. You need to be aware that right now, this is when God does his best work. When things seem bleak, when things seem dark, when things seem empty and meaningless, that's when God is up to something. Because here's the deal. From the very start, God has been making something out of nothing. I want to say it one more time. From the very start of everything. From the very start, he's, t- made so- he's always making something out of what seems like nothing. And right now, maybe your life is everything you, you've added it up to be. Maybe there's things going on right now where you're just like, dude, this seems meaningless, this seems stupid, this seems ugly, this seems awful, this seems like... And all of a sudden, and can I tell you something right now? The Spirit of God right now is ready to do something with your nothing. He's ready to make a difference with, with the, the, the mess that you've got yourself in, the mess that life has dealt with you, the mess that other people's choices have created for you. Suddenly he's like, and it's, it's, he's like, it's all washed away, and God's saying, nope, I'm not done yet. In John 1, 1, you'll find these words. I want you to read them kind of, kind of alongside with me. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Catch that. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. So the very start, God's been doing something. He's been at work creating and being creative. He's been at work doing something out of nothing. He hasn't stopped that. He won't stop it. If we flip back to Genesis chapter 1, we'll read these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God's been at work to create something for us since before there were any of us. God's been at work doing something since before the cataclysm happened. Since whatever that moment, that day you got that faithful phone call, that day you got that diagnosis, that day you got that paper in the mail with a certain subpoena on it, whatever. Ever since that, before that moment, God's been up to something. Because he doesn't stop being who he is. And he was up to something before everything began, and he's been up to something since everything started. And he doesn't change. 
He's, he's speaking into your life and into your existence. Even now, as you sit here at 4496 State Route 180, he's got a GPS lock on you and your life, and he hasn't forgotten, and he's not gotten lost getting there, and he's making sure things work out for his glory, for your, for your good, and for the benefit of the testimony of Jesus into the lives of other people right now. And that's the spirit of Christmas. Because the spirit of Christmas is this. The Holy Spirit works to birth things that aren't possible. I'm not going to go get into the Christmas story this morning. We're just building a foundation. But that's the spirit of Christmas. It's not just about giving and singing Christmas carols. The spirit of Christmas isn't about, you know, tinsel and, and garland and stuff like that. The spirit of Christmas is about God doing something in the planet among human beings. That's what the spirit of Christmas is. It is about compassion. I had no idea they were going to make a movie reference at the beginning of that video until it happened. There is about compassion, but it's not, about, it's not just about human compassion to give gifts or human desire to receive gifts. The spirit of Christmas is about God doing something only he can do in the lives of people he created. That's the spirit of Christmas. And he's hovering right now over your life. Over your chaos. See, the, beginning, the word beginning means before everything else. Before everything else. Before you lost your job. Before you got married in the first place. Before you got your degree. Before you figured out who or, or who not Santa was. Before you were born, before your diagnosis, before you lost your job, before that relationship collapsed, before that obituary needed to be written, before all of that, God is, was, and remains at work. That's the story of Christmas. Because the Bible says this. When we talk about Christmas, this, and you're not talking, you, you guys expect me to preach out of Luke chapter 2 or something, and, and you're like, but li- listen to this. The Bible says that Jesus was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That means the Christmas story began previous to there being a world. Think about that for just a second. Before any of this was here, God already, had already written this story. He's going to put the right players and the right people in place to make it happen. Before there was anything, he already had this plan. And before any of that stuff happened in your life, he already had a plan. And his plan is to create. It means to make something out of nothing. Some of you are called to be creative. You have creative giftings. I've been working with a bunch of guys lately uh, to help them figure out their purpose for their life. And... uh, one of the things I told them was that we did like a gifts assessment. Anybody ever done a gifts assessment? We did a gifts assessment. And I told them that if there's something in your, in your top five gifts and you get an opportunity to do it, you should probably carry that out. Adversely, if you get something in your bottom, if somebody asks you to do something that involves the, the last five gifts on your gifts assessment, the bottom five, you should probably automatically go, no. I don't have to pray about that. I don't even think about that. No. God didn't wire me to do that. 
You know what's funny why I say that? It's because my bottom five are, so just so you know, if you ask me to do something, I'm going to say no right off the bat, so we'll just alleviate a bunch of stuff. I know some people think pastors can do everything anytime, anywhere, all the time, but we just can't. And so, you know, it just is what it is. Uh, if you ask me to do something regarding music, nah. Artistry and craftsmanship, wrong again. Writing, I've had several people, you should write books. And I've tried, and it's the most frustrating process there ever is on the entire planet. I tried to create a blog or anything. I, I looked at my five, last five gifts on my list, and I'm like, dude, writing's in there. Why did I even think that was even a good idea? You know what I mean? And so it seems like, creatively, I should just quit. I can't write, I can't, I can't craft anything, and I, and I can't make music. So that's, you know, I mean, that's what we think of creativity. So if you ask me to do something like that, wrong. Just know right about it. I'm going to ask Pastor Ann. If you hear those three, no. When life is empty, chaotic, and dark, we need God's Spirit to breathe life and light into us. Nothing's more important than the power of God's Breathing into his people. It's because when he speaks, we sang that song this morning, he illuminates our lives. Listen to John 1, verse 4. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Aren't those amazing words? The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everything. See, it's possible to have been created and not experienced life. Some of you have been created, you've you've been birthed into the kingdom, but you're still not experiencing life. You exist, and you breathe, and you eat, and you do other things, and right now you're probably eating so much, you probably don't care about much else in the last three or four days. Right? Anybody else like that? Can I confess? Dude, I messed up bad. I messed up really bad over. <sighs> I mean, I have eaten and I have eaten and I have eaten. And it's like we did a test run of what I was going to cook for, for Thanksgiving on Wednesday just to make sure I could do it right. Then we ate on Thursday. And then we had another big shindig on Friday. And the Buckeye-Michigan game was yesterday. We had food all day yesterday, and I have just eaten myself silly. I mean, I am a mess. And there's a couple of times, at one point on Friday evening, I went, I just have to go lay down. And I was alive, but I didn't feel alive. I didn't feel good physically. I didn't feel good emotionally. I didn't feel good mentally. I just had to go escape from it just to get right again. Anybody with me? Huh? Is it wrong for a pastor to admit that? It just is what it is, man. That turkey was awesome. That elk I had yesterday was off the chart. And you throw an Amish restaurant in on Friday between all that? I'm just saying. It was crazy. I was alive, but I wasn't experiencing life. In fact, it felt remotely close to death. Huh? And I enjoyed the process getting there, but once I got there, I thought, Lord, there's going to be more to this than this. Uh, this old corrupt body can only handle so much. But here's, here's the idea. The Word gave life. 
See, if you jump back to Genesis 1, 3, you find these words. Then God said. That changes everything. Then God said. Nancy gave a, a testimony of God speaking to her about something, her speaking into the life of a friend and a brother that took 30 years to materialize, but it did not change the fact that God had said. Are you with me? God says and things change. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now this idea of the word, for those of you who maybe are new to Christian circles, I don't want to confuse you. The reason I chose those words is because the word, if you notice all the pronouns in and around the word, there was a pronoun he or his or him. That passage of scripture is talking about Jesus. He's the one who came that we might live. And it is his birth we celebrate this time of year, right? And so, so th- that, that, that's where the, the, the Christmas connection is. It's in those words there. Jesus, the expression. Jesus is the word, the expression of God himself in this planet, in this arena, in this physical location. It's him. And so when he interrupts things, when he speaks into things, things change. We're not talking about some flippant idea. We're talking about the God of all creation stepping into and changing destiny, changing life, changing relationships, changing a diagnosis, changing a financial situation, changing relationships, changing all of that. He is the Word, the expression of God. He brought life, is what it says there. The Word gave life to everything that was created. That word life is existence as it's supposed to be. Many of us aren't living life as it's supposed to be. Full of vitality. Full and overflowing with life. That's what it's saying in scriptures. It also is interesting. It says he brought light, right? Light. Here, my, my, my daughter is a science head i'd say a science, i'd say it's science heart and she will, she 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 loved she was into microbiology and all this other stuff and and this is one of her pa- favorite passages of scripture honestly we, she and i could sit and talk about this forever right john 1 here's the thing life can't exist without light Impossible. Life on this planet cannot exist without light. It's impossible. Isn't it odd that before scientifically we could prove that was necessary, God put it in his word to say this is what's necessary? That life and light go hand in hand? That he would be call himself the light of the world, the one called to bring light? He, he, like, like he knew something we didn't know before we could know it? Get that? Is that crazy? He takes life. He injects light into it, and he makes more life out of it. Wow. So right now, where you are, whatever darkness you might be in, whatever chaos might be going on, understand this. There is a plan to inject light so that life is what it's supposed to be. This is the the story of Christmas. This is the spirit of Christmas at work in us, is that God's doing something, creating light and life in places where there was dark and chaos. When life's empty, when it's chaotic, when it's dark, we need the, literally the breath of God to be breathed into us to bring us life and light. 
See, because even in chaos, his spirit breathes life. And I like this part. And there's nothing. Look at your neighbor and say nothing. Look at him again. Say it real loud. There's nothing darkness can do about it. Nothing. John 1, 5. The li- that light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never, never extinguish it. Are you hearing me? I don't care how dark it seems right now. God's power, His Spirit at work, darkness cannot defeat, cannot conquer it. Cannot make, like right now, if we would darken every room, every shade in this thing, and all I had was a stupid cell phone with that little teeny tiny LED light on the back of it, I would light up this room. Darkness would have to flee in directions. It could not stop the light. I'm almost forgetting I got a microphone in my hand. I'm getting excited. Darkness can never extinguish the light. And he gave light, not to just some, he gave light to everyone. Are you hearing me? He, he, wherever you are, whatever's going on, you are not exempt from the power of God being at work. There's this idea of grace that we can't earn it, we, can, we don't deserve it. And God intends for us to experience it like we've never experienced it before. Genesis 1-2 says this, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Some translations talk about it being chaos in that moment. Some translations say that it, that, it, that, it, that it was raging, that there was emptiness and there was void there. There was nothing, but yet there was chaos all at the same time. And God's Spirit was hovering there. Darkness is that thing that cannot overcome life. It paints a picture as if it can, but it can't. It can cause chaos. It can even cause torment. It can cause confusion. But it cannot conquer light. Impossible. All I need is a match, and I can change darkness right now. Just a little teeny tiny match. That's all I need. I don't need a whole lot. I just need something that has power from within it. And suddenly darkness has to go. Are you with me? The idea of spirit here in Genesis 1-2 is this. It's, it's, the, it's the Hebrew word ruach. You've got to kind of put like a on the end of that to, make, to say it correctly, and I probably didn't say it right. I probably, somehow some Jewish guy somewhere is going, he sounds like he's from southern Ohio with the ha. And he would be right. Ruach. And that word means this. It means breath. It means wind. It means air. It means spirit. Now think about this for a second. This is kind of off, off, off course. Genesis 1.26 talks about God forming man from the dust of the earth, right? Genesis 2, it says, He breathed into man. Listen to this. He breathed into man the breath of life. You ever been walking through life and just feel like there's not enough oxygen? I mean, you're breathing physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything feels like you're right up to here, right? And you need somebody to go. In the New Testament, the word translated spirit or Holy Spirit is the the Greek word pneuma. And guess what it means? It means breath. It means air. It means wind. It's where we get our 
word the most the word you guys are most familiar with is pneumonia, meaning something's infected your lungs, your breathing apparatus, right? It's the same word in Greek. So God's Spirit comes to breathe life into chaos. God's Spirit's Spirit's God's Spirit comes to breathe light into darkness. My son and I had a really excursion. I had never, I, I've grilled turkey for, now this will be the third or fourth year I've grilled turkey for Easter. What day is it anyway? Anybody know? I told you I messed up. I, wait, I'm slightly confused. Um, and one thing I noticed, we had, I, but I've never cooked, I never cooked it on charcoal. I wanted to really bad. The, the, the thing with it is to cook on charcoal requires you to keep stoking the fire. It's not gas. You can just turn on the knob and let it go. So there's a couple of times my son and I were getting close to the vents of the, of the, of the, the, the grill. And what was it? When it was dark inside that grill, suddenly, like you could see it just start to glow inside there. I mean, it was awesome, just a breath of life being breathed in there, and suddenly what was dark became light, and all of a sudden it flamed up and it came back to life. We watched the temperature gauge go back up. What was cold and, 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 and going on the, down, on, the, on the decline suddenly was coming back up to where it was supposed to be, and it was awesome. Dad, can we do that again? I want to do this side today, this time, Dad. And, and so there, there's this idea that God wants to breathe into his people. He wants to breathe in to our experience. He wants to breathe in to, our, to, our, to our, even our religion. He wants to breathe in to our, to our study of God's word. He wants to breathe in to our marriages. He wants to breathe in to our, to our, to our finances. He wants to breathe in to our, to our job sites. He wants to breathe in to our callings. He wants to breathe in to our purposes. He wants to breathe in to all of that. And he does that by the power of his spirit. See, I think often we acknowledge God the Father. God created the heavens and the earth. And our minds automatically go to the guy in the white robe and the big long beard. Sitting with a scepter in his hand. Am I right? Tell the truth. And we think about the Christmas story and God the Son, right? Jesus. But when God's creating, you cannot leave out the Holy Spirit. I've heard one pastor say recently, we, we, we call, we th- some of us think the, the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. And that's no slam on the Scriptures. Dude, we, we get our life, our sustenance from the, from, the, from the words of God. That's the point of Him speaking, right? But if we have His Word and no life breathed over them, if God's Spirit is not hovering, when God's Spirit speaks, it falls on deaf ears. Francis Chan wrote a book a few years ago, some of you should pick it up and read it, called The Forgotten God. He, he writes about the Holy Spirit. There's the cover in case you want to go get you a copy. It would be really good for you to do that. And can I really be honest with you right now? Within this, this series? There was a time, and, and, and I can't say I'm, comp- I, I don't know, I can't can say I'm, I'm completely over it. There was a time where I, I walked through, where I began to question, how does God's Spirit really work? Anybody ever been there? 
I'd said enough prayers, believe God for different things, things didn't go my way, and I, and I saw kinds of chaos. I saw people speak for God and it not be real, and all of a sudden people's lives were sent off on a trajectory, and I thought, I don't even know how, I don't even know how this works anymore. And I determined I was going to stay solid on the Scripture, and I was going to stay solid in my, and I, I didn't care, and I gotta be, I'll be really honest about this. I didn't care what kind of a service we had on Sunday morning because I got tired of Christians being breathless by Saturday because, of what, because they needed another experience on Sunday. What they really needed was discipleship and, and total and daily engagement with God and his word and, and directing his path, not trying to stay on life support all week long to get to the next Sunday service and see how great it was going to be. And when people would say things like this, like we had a great service, to pray, the pastor didn't even get a chance to preach, I would get very frustrated because the Bible says it's by the foolishness of preaching that people are saved. How can we create a good service with no preaching? That's crazy to me. And so I used to get really frustrated. And I've grown up in these circles all my life. I've been a Pentecostal, charismatic kid all of my existence. My grandfather was, this, and I've seen all of it. I sent Patrick and, Dave, Patrick and Greg this piece of video I saw a couple weekends ago, and it was absolutely crazy. I showed it to my kids, and my, my dad, my, one of my sons goes, what's wrong with them, Dad? Now, I've been in all kinds of services. I mean, all kinds of them. And I've seen people run laps, and I've seen people get happy and dance and do all sorts of stuff. But I have been accused of being a part of churches where people hung from the rafters. I had never seen it until I saw this piece of video, honestly. I mean, I'm talking 47 years strong, right? i never seen it. This dude literally jumped up. There were these metal girders up here high above this thing, and he jumped up and grabbed a hold of them, and he started swinging like he was, you know, on some ropes course or something. I don't know what he was doing. And as, as, as much as I related to it, part of me goes, ah, it's been a long time. Patrick and I talked about it yesterday. He said, sometimes I kind of miss it. Because there's something about, see, God, God's, the Holy Spirit's not spooky. But he's powerful. He's outside the realm of natural. And then and if we, we, try, we, we try and live life without the power of his spirit, dude, we're missing something. Now, his, his spirit, the funny thing is, he work, the Holy Spirit works in tandem with God's Word. Not away from God's Word, not beside God's Word, not in contradiction to God's Word. Okay? If you go read Mark 16, the Bible says the Holy Spirit worked with him, confirming the Word of God that was preached. So I think we get off sometimes because we think it's all that, and, we, and so we've got to have a good service, nobody's going to preach. Listen, I think that's as goofy as the day is long. I just mean it. I think that's crazy outside because we use the whole scripture to delineate what God really says and what he really does. But here's their thing. If God's got something for me, I want all of it. And I need his power breathed into me. I need his strength given to me. And so uh, I'm on a journey that I'm kind of rediscovering some things. Can I be honest about that? I'm, 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 some things are coming back to life in me, right? And I realize that without God doing something supernatural, none of us are here. What Nancy just described at the, as she took up the offering, what Nancy described about God dropping something in her brother's heart hundreds of miles away, that's outside the realm of natural right? What, what Jay read from Ephesians chapter 2, 
that God did in all of us if we're followers of Christ is outside the realm of natural. We were dead in our trespasses and our sins. And without the Spirit and the grace of God, we exist, but we have no life. And I've got to tell you right now, I want more of God than I, than I have right now. And there have been moments in my life, and you guys know full well, almost every detail, not everything, but I have walked through a time of chaos and wilderness. I've realized something, man. I need God to breathe life into me. I need God's Spirit to work in unison with His Word, bringing life to me. And when I'm in chaos, He's at work. When I'm in darkness, He's at work. When I feel empty and dried up, He's at work. And the way He he brings life back to me is He breathes. I come into contact with His presence in the natural we call it CPR. Remember that? Some of us need spiritual CPR. We've been going through the gyrations. We've been going through the motions. We've been doing the stuff, but we're just here. We're not really here. And God wants to breathe in to our sickness. He wants to breathe in to our frailty. He wants to breathe in to our weakness. Some of us are going through the motions. You know why? Because we've been fighting this battle against our flesh, just us. The addiction keeps coming back because we're fighting it by ourselves. The sin issue keeps coming back, taking every bit of life out of us. You know why? Because we're fighting it by ourselves. The anger and the malice keeps coming back. The bitterness and the unforgiveness keeps coming back. You know why? Because we're fighting it by ourselves. We're not allowing God's spirit to breathe life into us. See, when life's empty, when life's chaotic, when it's dark, we need God's spirit to breathe life and light into us. The book of Isaiah is a prophetic book And the the vast hunk of it is about God using his spirit to prophesy through a natural dude about things he can't know about, about particularly the coming of Jesus, the first and the second coming. There's this guy named Isaiah who lives in a very dark time. In fact, at one point, he, he would say the words like this, in the year that King Uzziah died, he had, he had lost much. Uzziah was one of his friends. They, 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 he, they were confidants for one another. And, and, and all of a sudden, his, his, this king of Israel dies, and, 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 and Isaiah's in, a, in, a, in, a, in just a, a chaotic mess. The nation's in a chaotic mess. They're walking through a really difficult time. And God begins to breathe his spirit upon this guy named Isaiah, and he says, write these things down. Some of the things he writes is about a day that hadn't transpired yet, that God would send his Messiah to come free the people. And we, we take a lot of our Christmas quotes from Isaiah, right? And for a son shall be called, you know, how's it go? For unto us a child is born, right? Unto us a son is given, right? And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. See, that never happens without the power of the Holy Spirit. Those words are never penned. Those things never happen. 
And then Isaiah writes about the coming of Jesus in Isaiah 42.1. And I want you to hear these words. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. Verse 3 of Isaiah 42 reads like this. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. That's very, very allegorical language, very poetic language to say, those who've had a rough time, he's going to take care of them. He's not going to snuff them out. He's going to tend to their bruising. He's going to take care of them in their, in their weakness. He's going to take care of them in their damage. And the reason he's going to do it is because his spirit, God's spirit is upon him. You get that? So here's what I'm saying to you. If you feel weak, you feel damaged, you feel like, the, like you're just smoldering. You used to be a flame for God, and now you're just smoldering. God's plan is not for you to be snuffed out. God's plan is for you to be inflamed again with the passion and the power of God. And he will faithfully bring forth justice. That means he looks at situations, he, he knows God's heart and God's plans, and he rightly decides, he rightly acts upon that. And the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God, verse 5, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, clear back before time began, who spread out the earth and what comes from it. Now listen to this. Who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. He says these words, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. Now listen to these next lines. And I will take you by the hand and I'll keep you. Let me ask you a question. Who doesn't want a relationship like that with God? When you're damaged, hurting, who God says, I will take you. Grab your hand, Nancy. Right? Come on, let's just do this. Let's be prophetic for a minute. Can we do that? Nancy's been walking through a right time, right? A difficult time. Do you want a God that says, Nancy, I realize you're bruised. I realize you're weary. I realize you're tired. I want to breathe life into you. I'm not just going to breathe life into you. I'm going to grab you by the hand. We're going to start walking together. Huh? All of a sudden, you can feel the energy of Jesus coming upon you. All of a sudden, you can feel the breath of God being breathed upon you. He says, okay, we're going to turn the corner. He turns back his way. You're like, where are we going? He's like, just follow me. Just trust me. It's good. And Nancy feels the breath of Jesus upon her. The pre- tangible presence of God is just not her. It's her and Jesus. She can feel his hand holding her hand. He can, she can feel his breath upon her skin. She can feel his, his, his oxygen in her lungs. He can, she can feel his thoughts bleeding through in her brain. And all of a sudden, something's changed. You see, God, God, the story of Christmas is God is not far away. The story of Christmas is God is with us. And Jesus says, it's good for you that I go away, because if I go away, my spirit will come. And he that is with you shall be in you. Oh, my. Huh? And if you're scared of that, don't be. This is the God who saved you from your sin, picked you up when nobody else wanted anything to do with you, loved you in spite of yourself. It says, I want your, my life inside of you. And I want it not just a little bit. I want it full and overflowing. God's Spirit's but His presence will never leave us close enough for us to hold hands with Him. Who doesn't want that with the God of heaven? The Spirit of God breathing life. See, when life's empty, when it's chaotic, when it's dark, we need that. 
We need it then more than we need it any other time. We shouldn't shy away from God's presence in those moments. When we're in grief, when we're frustrated, when we're tired, when we're weary, when we're wore out, when we're hurt and damaged by others, we need Him. We sang a song a minute ago called Spirit of the Living God, right? Now, if Jesus were to walk in this room right now, and Jesus, said, Jesus would walk in and say, I'm taking volunteers. But here's, here's the requirement. Your life's got to be in chaos. You've got to not know which way to go. You just feel kind of empty, like life dealt you a hard bag of tricks you're trying to sift through. He walked in here and said, I want, I, those are who I'm looking for. How many of y'all could raise your hand and say, that's me? Oh, okay, I see. I think I'll sit down and let you preach. Huh? Because now you're spooked, right? Don't be spooked. What's Aaron going to do next? It's about to get weird in here. It ain't going to be weird. It's going to be Jesus. It might be unnatural. It might be beyond natural. Because Jesus finds these 11 dudes and some other guys in a place where life just got turned upside down on them. They thought they had answers, and all of a sudden they didn't have any. They thought God had left them, ditched them, hung them out to dry. They thought they don't even know what to do tomorrow. We don't even know what to do in the next five minutes. We're running for our lives. We're hiding in darkness because if we light a match and somebody come look, they'll know where to find us. And Jesus looks at some guys who walk through that because the one they put all their stock in had just died. And he looks at them and he just suddenly appears in the room. That's the Jesus I'm talking about. He don't need a door. That's creepy. No, it's God. The Bible plainly says that in the Scripture. Jesus just showed up in the room. He didn't use a door. He didn't crawl through a window. He just showed up. Woo! And these guys who are empty and in darkness and in chaos, these guys who don't know which way to go, what thing to do, you know what, God, you know what, you know what God's answer for their, 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 their problem is? Jesus says, come over here, boys. They, they go get around Jesus. And John 20, 22 is what he reads. He goes, then he breathed on them. And he said, receive you the Holy Spirit. Because some of you are looking for all the bells and whistles. Right? You're looking for these extravagant things, how God's going to show up. And all he really wants to do is let, make sure you know his presence is with you. Jesus doesn't go into some long dissertation. He doesn't map out a plan for them. He, does, he, goes, he just goes, I am with you. Now go. Some of you, it's been so long since you felt the presence of God walking with you in daily life, you don't even know what it's like anymore. Some of you, it's been so long since you felt really alive in the things of God, you don't even know what it's like anymore. Some of you, it's been so long since you have experienced the grace and the joy of Jesus in, in a really live and vital way. You don't know what it's like anymore. You're going through the gyrations. You're, you're going through the, the whole thing of, of kind of being alive, but you're really not, and you need spiritual CPR. 
And you're wondering why did I have to go through that? And what's going on now? And what do I do next? And how does that go on? And here's the thing Jesus needs you to know. Right now you just need to be with me. You need to experience me. You know, you gotta figure all that out. You gotta do with all that. You just need to be with me. That's it. That's Jesus' answer to him. He that is with I wonder what happened when Jesus walked up to those guys and they said, he goes, I got a couple, couple, couple of them went, okay. What's that about? Right? And then one of them, one smart guy went, dude, that's what he talked about. They're like, what? He said, he that is with, it, with you shall be in you. Genesis, man, remember? God breathed into man the breath of life. And they went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And right now, you guys are going to bring the pieces together. Been walking a long time, but not alive. Walking through this thing and trying to do it all on your own. And trying to sort it out. And you've measured it with the Word of God. And tried to make sense of it that way. And you've tried to get counseling and all sorts of other things. And there's just still something not clicking. You, you tried and, and, and you tried to figure out how to walk with Jesus and something's just still not there. And, and, and you're, you're, you're just doing all this stuff. But here's the thing. God just wants to breathe his life into you. He's a gentleman. He ain't going to do nothing. You won't allow him into. He don't force you to do stuff. He won't make you do crazy things. But he is looking for a yielded heart. You got to allow him to light the light in your darkness. And you got to say, God, I... I need you to transform my situation. Transform me. That's really, what he, that's really what he does. More than he changes things, he changes us. And I just want you to stand with me. And I, I want you to sing a song as a prayer that we've already sung this morning. And if you're in a place of chaos, you're in a place of darkness, you're in a place of emptiness, just like Jesus and those disciples that long ago after that fateful weekend of his death and they're trying to sort out life I want you just to breathe in I want you to experience God in a way you haven't for a really long time and just, just be open to him we're not going to do anything crazy I'm not going to ask anybody to pray for anyone I just want you and Jesus to make a reconnection I want you and God's spirit just to re reconnect like Clark and the electric signal it might spark, it might, but maybe it just comes on and darkness flees. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.